My name is Sasha. My maiden name was Powell. My father came from England. My mother's maiden name was Anderson, a good Danish name. And when I was 35, I decided to swap my father's name for my husband's name because it sounded more foreign as well. I liked the foreign sound of Sasha Fogel, which I now am. Um, my mother was born in Denmark. Um, her father was actually the accountant for the Cobra Art Group and lots of the artists from that. And she grew up in Gentofte and uh, had a passion for dance from a very young age and danced ballet, was sent to the Royal Ballet School. And at the age of six, they actually rejected her because her foot was uh, a few millimetres, um, her, her instep was a few millimetres too high. So they said it wouldn't stand to being on points. Um, she was, of course, I think at the time, heartbroken, or maybe her mother was more heartbroken, I don't know what, uh, who the ambi had the ambition really. But she didn't become a dancer, and probably therefore she met my father, um, because she went over to England to learn English, um, and married him and had my sister and me. So we are the result probably of, of the Royal Theatre rejecting her. Um, and I began dancing at the age of four. I think it's my father, not my mother, who sent me to dance classes. Express yourself kind of freely dance classes. I didn't do any ballet until much later and I, I just loved to move. So, so improvising ca happened from, from right in my childhood. Um, and then as I grew up, I, I couldn't see how I could fit that into the world. I had a friend at school who, who I remember meeting at a bus stop and, and I was on my way to doing my A-levels and all the things everyone expected of me. You had, to do, you had to do your education and you had to go to university in my sort of, sort of family. Um, and she'd actually dropped out and was going to be a dancer. And I was completely sort of shocked and thought, my God, how can you be that brave? And, and how wonderful. Um, but I was much too conventional and um, fulfilled all the expectations. And I can remember actually when I finished university, my mother saying to me, okay, now you're free to do what you want to do. And I it was a kind of a bit sad moment at 23, realizing, okay, now I was going to begin doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I began dancing at 23 um, and began traveling about and um, performing with my cello, which I played um, for dancers as a kind of musician. Then quite often these cheeky dancers would take my cello away and get me up on the stage moving with them. Um, and then I discovered that I quite enjoyed that bit. So I began dancing, uh, also sort of training and things. And then I had a year in London where I didn't know where I was going and what I was doing. Tried to become a writer and different things. Um, did auditions for everything under the sun. Did a lot of flamenco dance. Um, and then by chance got into an audition in, in, in Arnhem, Holland, the school uh, called the European Dance Development Centre. So I took four-year course in Arnhem, uh, danced with some amazing teachers and then moved into Dusseldorf where we opened a new school and continued until I had a short tour to New York to end the whole thing, leading a group myself, which was a wonderful honour um, and very demanding, first choreography task. Um, and then I moved to Denmark where in 98, I moved into my grandfather's apartment and um, started meeting up with the dancers in Denmark. The dance scene here was, it felt a little bit sort of closed in a way. Um, there were not many people um, 
from the, the kind of dance world I'd just come from. Uh, in, in Dusseldorf and Cologne, there was a lot of uh, networking, a lot of helping each other, um, sharing things. And in Denmark, it felt... Uh, there was Dancers Hoos, which was a wonderful place. Um, but it was a little bit hard to, um, to sort of set up, I found, as a, as a new dancer, coming and find places to perform or uh, venues where you could, could make your work. So um, I kind of applied to do performances in, in dancer scene, for example, which was the the dance place at that time. And that, they rejected my work because they said it wasn't choreography enough, even though every single step was choreographed. Um, it had a little bit of character work in it and it had some uh, theatrical moments. So I was considered not, not dancey enough. So then I went over the just over the square to Kanonhallen where they had a Junge Hund Festival at the time and uh, I was accepted to make a piece for the Junge Hund Festival and uh, did that with the help of a wonderful uh, colleague, Meda Orkia, began networking with, with some people and we actually started a company, her and uh, Vera Meda made a company called Ulfrukt and we made performances out in places which were not sort of dance or theatre spaces so we made a performance at five in the morning in a field, I can remember. Um, we had a limited audience, but um wonderful experience. I played my cello with the birds. They actually sang with the music. And um, we lay people in beds on the field in the, in the meadow and told them stories and uh, different kind of um, labyrinth kind of performance where you go from one place to the next and that kind of work. Um, my sort of inspiration for dance, it was always a bit... Um, a bit large in a way, but I I always had this search because um, when I was studying at Oxford uh, literature, I I had a great sort of passion for the medieval mystics and the search of the medieval mystical women for finding God in in their daily life, and they'd search for it very physically because they were not allowed to have power in the medieval times. They didn't have any positions in society. Um, they were the kind of suppressed uh, realm, and they 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 had to express things with their bodies. So they they fasted and they whipped themselves and they locked themselves in 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 kind of walled in rooms where they didn't eat or drink or God knows what they did in there uh, for years on end. And and they they kind of manifested with their bodies. Um, their bodies would would bleed from the hands or they would cry or they would be hysterical, but they would express with their bodies what they couldn't express um, in in the kind of power structures of the time. So I was deeply interested in this and wrote my final thesis about that, actually. Um, and then when I began dancing um, full time, my search was, when I was alone in a studio, my search was always a kind of search for God in the moment. And I'm not a Christian, so it's not any kind of... Uh, uh, sort of tradition I'm searching in but I just have this feeling that that's what uh, for me dance was always about was trying to find the stillness and the, um, the inner focus and openness to, to something larger than myself which could dance through me so that um, I could feel that I was moved rather than that I decided to take a movement or make a movement and that always felt like the kind of the source for my work. And I got the idea to make this conference because I thought that I missed the input I, and, and inspiration I had had earlier from uh, from all the different kind of people I'd worked together with. In my school, we had people from Brazil and, and 
Turkey and Eastern Europe and and Israel and and there were kind of this this multicultural input which I really missed in Copenhagen. So um, I decided to set up my own conference because I'd actually been part of a network set up in my school, the Arnhem um, EDDC, um, and one of the dancers there, Eleonora Allerdings from Germany, she suggested that we should kind of keep contact after we left the school because she realized in good time we would um, arrive out into the world and and be odd uh, dancers hitting uh, sort of normal cities. So she said, why don't we keep contact and have a network? Um, so she invented this IPN, the International Performance Network, which was uh, mostly at that time we did, the internet was kind of new back then still so we didn't I got my first email when I moved to Denmark um, so we didn't actually know how we'd keep in touch but we had each other's names and gradually we learned to use uh, different kind of networking uh, areas on the net it wasn't Facebook I can't remember how we did it but we must have used email I guess we talked to each other in different ways and kept contact and told each other about what we were making and inspired each other in that way. Um, and that's why I got the idea to make this conference in 2000, so that I could bring the people together. And I knew that Denmark has funding, which other countries simply don't have to bring people together when you have an initiative like that. So um, on my, I think it was 60,000 kroner, I, I did manage to make this, um, this meetup possible, where it was both uh, enriching for our practice, our dance um, work, that we could meet each other. And then I definitely had the wish to to invite people from the Danish dance scene who maybe hadn't seen this kind of stuff and and communicate with them in a new way having shown what uh, the world we were coming from so uh, so the conference brought also some intellectuals together into the into the dance um, discussion and and having kind of talks led by Karen Vettel or, or Tony Kotz it meant that it was a kind of structured debate where where we could move between philosophy and dance and and social thoughts about how to communicate and different people perform together and we discussed the work afterwards so it was very laid back it took place in theater stuer okay it was called it's husits theater um in the old kind of center of town building it was it was kind of full. There were people there every night. Um, lots of audience, uh, lively discussions, and for me, it was a huge experience to to organise it. I had my first migraine uh, after it. I collapsed completely on the last night when we should have had dinner and um, puked in the, <laughs> the toilets behind the uh, and then took a taxi home, kind of completely broken down by the whole experience. But it, it felt it felt good to do. Um, yeah, the conference, I don't know how much effect it had um, on the Danish dance scene. At that time, it was around the time, just before, when Dancers Hus um, had the school for Moderna dance in their basement. Um, and then they got their new buildings over on Holmen. And I I think also the status, in a way, of the school for Moderna dance, it it became um it, it just became much more professional and, and got more funding I think. Um and I I guess that's why the change in Denmark, which I sense happened after in the early years of this century, um 
I guess that was because the school for modern dance has had res- the respect it deserves and, and brought modern dance into the fore because there was definitely a sense in the late 90s when you introduced yourself that you were a dancer. It was it was was it ballet? And some people had heard of modern, but it was ah, it was it wasn't many people out there who unless they were going to see dance. Um, and of course there'd been great, wonderful alternative dancers in Denmark. There's um there'd been companies like Open Dance and people doing work which was which was odd. Um Sarah Gabram and these um these people doing their stuff. Um but the general, the general audience was was very much based on on the Kongli Theater, the royal theater there. Um, so something something happened, who knows when? Um, but I think there's been a kind of opening up. Um, for me, it was very much I I was trained in Dusseldorf, which is right next to Wuppertal, where Pina Bausch was, and I. I had the sort of honor of going to see all her performances and and getting to know her as well and 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 she visited our school and 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 having that inspiring presence around um for me was the was the huge had a huge effect on my imagery and my work because she did crazy things she did such wild uh, and wonderful scenographies and and the fact that in Denmark people hadn't heard of Pina Bausch that I met I was kind of ah this is this is not possible um there also came the film Pina came out so I don't know if people saw that as well um it was a, a whole film with with just dancing in it and the the whole world is becoming a bit more aware of the revolution that happened in the 70s in most in New York with the Judson dancers who who danced walking, sitting dances, things which were not considered dance at the time and changed people's perception of what dance is. Um, we need we need to do all those things um, and then probably come back to something more typically dancer again because uh, it definitely took its distance from the traditional dance in such an, to such an extent that you had people doing, um, not moving, uh, sometimes in a long performance. Um, yeah, I think there's been a, I think there's been a gradual opening up in the, the normal Danish bods perception of the world, um, of dance, when they also go to museums. Louisiana is so, uh, People are so open to modern art, and they they love they love their modern uh, painters, the Cobra Group, all the crazy things they did. Um, but somehow it didn't uh, affect the dance performance scene. In this, at the same time, it came much later to Denmark, the the modern dance. <laughs> 